this is Jessica with Rabbit's Den, and we're joined today with Candice, of course, and uh, Lorelai as our guest speaker, and she's going to talk a little bit about how she started with ThriveWise, and we're going to ask her some questions. So Lorelai, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> we're happy you made time. <laughs> Well, can you tell us a little bit about, because ThriveWise is really unique and what you do is unique. And so I was wondering, since we're focused on other businesses that are also unique, how it is you started? Mm, That's great. Well, and I had a question too. Do you want me to focus more on the fairs that I do and the MeWe work that I do? Do you want me to talk about ThriveWise as a whole business? That's a really good question, actually. Um, I am wondering if you could kind of tell us both, because I know the fairs were kind of an offshoot that birthed out of what you were doing. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that have started fairs since. And I'm kind of wondering, there's some, there's some conversation around that. So, But we would like to know how you got started to begin with. Okay, great. Well, if you go way, way back... And I'll try to be brief. Um, I'd always been interested in people, but I didn't pursue that for my work. Instead, I focused on science and then business and practical applications um, from more of a, like a scientific perspective, but in business and entrepreneurship. And when my interest in people arose again, I thought about going to grad school. And instead, I found alternative teachers. And I studied with, um, well, people doing what's related to my eye readings work. And I studied with somatic psychotherapists. And I blend all of the pieces that I do together. And so it's turned into a somewhat unique modality, but it didn't, I didn't start off that way intending to do that. So I'm, I'm a coach, essentially, and I combine all kinds of tools. But when you did the eye reading, because that was, I remember when I first met you, we were um, in someone else's business. And right. I was like, I'm sorry, she does what? And they're like, she reads eyes. And I was like, huh. And then before the day was out, I had other clients coming to me and they're like, you got to go meet this lady, Lorelai, and have your eyes read. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And so, and I remember that that's how I met you. So what, can you explain a little bit, like, how did you discover this eye reading? Well, so I actually learned it from another teacher who learned it from other teachers. And then there's some historical writings and, and channeling that it's derived from. So it's a, it's a set of archetypes for describing people. And I think that we all see so much in each other all the time. And the archetypes are a way of her grounding, giving some, um, just some grounding into the diversity of who we are as people and what we value and what we contribute and how we communicate and all kinds of things like that. So there was a teacher that I studied with that had been part of another group and learned it from them and learned it from readings of other things. And I I got fascinated. I think the reason why I connected with this so much at first, you know, we could say clearly I was destined, but then also I had someone, a colleague tell me about things for a while and I just didn't connect with it. And as soon as they talked about something that was so personally meaningful to me, where I had what I call masking, where I was taught in my family to be very different than what's true of myself. When I finally heard about a trait where that was true for me, my whole body had a response. Hmm. Like, I don't remember exactly what it felt like, but I remember I was on a walk with our dogs and I just stopped walking. It Hmm. was a big impact. And that's why I stepped in and started learning. And it took me so out of my comfort zone. 
my first, um, and I first was able to leap in and take a class because it was being taught by a you know friend of this person that I, re- I really liked that person. And it opened me. And I remember in one of the early classes, she was doing, you know, very simple energy work with me. And I didn't, my brain, my scientific brain, like I didn't have any understanding of what was going on. So I felt drawn in and pulled in and I felt scared at the same time. And I kept going. (laughs) Isn't that funny how like fear can be the motivator and the drive of like, I don't get this. I must know more. And I think this is part of what the secret is of, of, of having things work is that even though we feel scared, when we feel a draw, we feel a pull, we feel a desire is to keep going. Right? Oh, I totally agree. There's been so many times through our journey that I've been like, oh, no, 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 no. This is <laughs> the, what? Wait. And, you know, just being like, okay, let's let's do it. I don't know what we're doing, but let's do it. <laughs> and then the other thing about me that I did that so worked is when I finally, you know, found a way in, I dove in fully. I did everything I could. I think at least like four nights a week, I was studying as part of the community and with my teacher and, and then just dove in and was teaching with him and developing materials with him. And I learned all I could. And I was learning with, from other teachers at the same time. And as I was incorporating all my work, it wasn't quite the right fit with what he was doing. I was taking people a different direction. So I had to, you know, be the teenager, kind of get nudged out of the nest and go do my own thing. And that's really how my work grew. And that's where even the name intuitive eye readings comes from. It was me doing it my way, listening to myself and listening to the community that I started connecting with mm-hmm. and hearing what was meaningful to them and developing what I how to call what I do and how to talk about it. That's really awesome. So he, he kind of like, well, he was your mentor. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so part of the lessons too, are when we outgrow our mentors. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, that has been, it's very funny that you bring that up because I have been sitting on that a lot this week. And most of my writing this week has been about mentorship and how you grow from one into another and how you identify your next one, because it's, it's, fascinating as you grow as a business it's just like any other relationship where you outgrow that relationship and then you have to go and be purposeful in finding your next one see and this might be one of the the pieces that you're good at and the advice for other people I don't know that I've I I haven't chosen specific individual mentors and I have learned from the people around me. I've looked to see who's doing what I'm interested in and how are they doing it and what's working and what I see they do and what's not working. And Mm -hmm. I learn from them and other people learn from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you you may have been more conscious about choosing a mentor. So maybe this is a good idea. Maybe I should consider (laughs) this. Well, you know me, I overanalyze everything. <laughs> oh, uh, Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely interesting because having the intention, at least from the perspective I've come out with, is having the intention. You can't just go have any mentor. You can't because you have to get someone who's going to challenge you, someone who's going to grow you, and someone who's where you want to be. And they have to see also a desire to connect with you through helping you grow through deeper understanding. Cause we all know, like, as we teach, we continue to hone our practice. I mean, as I'm like developing my courses for online studies and what have you, it, it makes you reevaluate how you perceive things and what you know. And so when you have a mentor, 
they're getting a gift as well because they're having to go deeper into their understanding and figure out what is important, what are some of the lessons they learned. And and that's a lot actually of what this is about because there's so many people out there that are coming into the spiritual awakening and they're discovering like, oh, I have this talent or I have this interest or I have this gift. And then what, you know, now, now what? And having that proactiveness of going, this person is doing that, or I want to know more about that. And they know a lot about it and identifying that and then identifying the personalities that you work well with to be able to create a bond and a friendship that will continue to foster your future. Yes. And I, I think part of what I've done is that I've, I've essentially gone to work for the people that I want to have mentor me. So I started volunteering with my teacher and creating work with my teacher and then teaching with him. And then I worked with another one of his students, which became a version of my mentor. She was running a leadership coaching firm. So I started collaborating with her and then working for her. And I learned more of the profession of being a coach while working for her. And then I outgrew her in some ways too. Like my focus really is the eye readings work. And even when I started to do my eye reading, well, when I started doing my own business, because I had recently been in her business, I was attempting to do my coaching practice more like her coaching practice. And it was parallel at the same time, I started exploring more of the metaphysical aspects of my work that I didn't even know existed. And it took me a while to transition to let go of what I was familiar, the business flavor, and to really let myself do much more of the personal flavor. And I now have more business clients that are comfortable with all the woo-woo stuff. And in the beginning, I was, I, I didn't know that was possible. And I, I was hiding and disguising part of what I did. And I'm finally getting more and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I haven't had a mentor to help me through that. And it probably would have helped speed me along. Right. No, I thought that that was really cool because both of us come from like more of a science background and then came into the environment we're in now. And I think that that's so true because when some people with their minds, they stay in one pillar, if you will, or the other. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really cool that, like, to your point, that you were like, oh, there's some metaphysical behind this and I'm going to own that part of it. Because uh, not everyone who has the mind of science and the background of research and what have you can bring that full circle and then open up to the other side. No, definitely. I think one of our gifts is integrating all these different things, like borrowing from them. Like one of the things I know I was so amazingly impressed with that you did is when you were um, getting ready to open your cafe, your tea house, you Mm -hmm. did so much research in ways that it never occurred to me to do research. (laughs) Do you remember remember that conversation we had about when you were investigating different farmers markets and things like that? Yes. (laughs) So how did you even come up with this idea? Like, what were you? (laughs) Well, obviously, I I spent a lot of time first online doing research, trying to figure out if that was the right move for us, right? And so I was looking at how other people started. And I was looking at other tea houses, coffee houses, cafes, or storefronts that were coming from a perspective of a unique business of learning and thriving and feeding people's souls, right? And so as I was doing that, there was no real information. These were people that were just going out on a limb. And I don't, I mean, I make a lot of decisions and I do a lot of things, um, but going out on a limb like that, I was just like, wow, that's, 
that's scary. Like, why, why would these people make such a huge commitment not knowing? And so, but what I did find is um, there was a blog I had re- re- read, sorry, um, from someone who, before they opened, they had some normal business statistics. Like, what's the population? Is that population drinking this? Is this population doing that? And, and so I was like, okay, how do I find that out? Because there was nothing like what we opened. And so not having that information readily available, also not really knowing at the time who our audience was, because we had a really unique situation, as I'm sure you've experienced in your business, where we had people that were coming from a metaphysical background and looking for answers and and trying to understand like astrology, but then also this herb background where they were, it was not familiar to a lot of people. And they were like, well, how did the, the plants heal me? They don't know anything about botany and herbalism. And so bringing in these two worlds, not knowing really who was there, what we decided, well, I say we, but what I did is I looked at places that we were getting orders from. I looked at places I was getting appointments from and I was still, I didn't have a full um, basket, if you will, of enough information to analyze anything. And so then I decided that during the farmer's market season, because that's how we originally started, I would go through and figure out like where we should be and where we should be located. And so I joined farmer's markets all over the area that I was willing to travel to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I started taking in all of the data from those. And I had employees going to the farmer's markets, but occasionally I would go. And then I would bring in all of this data. Who's buying? Why are they buying? And I would ask my staff lots of questions. When I was on site, I would ask customers lots of questions along the lines of like, well, why are you buying this? How did you hear about us? What attracted you to us? Um, and then I started, once I realized there was a couple markets that we could go into, I started asking those markets more specific questions of, if we did this, would that be positive to you? What would you like to see? And really, because the whole time, that's all we've done from the start is ask our customers what they want. We've always been very driven to like, feed them and bring them what they're wanting. And so as it evolved, I still had these two markets. And so that's when we were like, okay, we have to do the healing center and a cafe at the same time (laughs) so that people can try our blends. They can enjoy good food. And then at the same time, have appointments with practitioners that were in line with what they were asking for or areas that they were interested in very much like you did when you got your start. It's like these people are getting their start on their journeys. What can we do to help them? It's just so interesting. I realized though that I've actually built my business much more out of my own personal interest or my intuition and much less about research. Because like I have so many people come through my fairs and I've never actually done surveys at the fairs. I have smaller events where I do surveys and I get feedback, but I haven't done it in a really big way. And I just have a sense of where I want to go and what I want to grow. And, and I've not asked people, <laughs> you know, and I, in many ways I'm lucky it's worked. Like, so I've done small experiments with things and I, I see what grows organically, but I haven't asked people ahead mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I think, and, and it could just be, at least for uh, for my situation, for me, since my whole purpose and my core was, uh, how do I, how do I help these people? It, there, it was easier for me to just ask yeah. them. Whereas I think like in your situation, you very easily had many readily excited audience participants. Right. I mean, it was surprising to me how many people were like, you have to go meet Lorelai. <laughs> and I bought your book. I was like, give me your book. Give me the, I got my notes. I am going to go to work. And for like 24 hours, that's what I did. <laughs> I read your book. I studied my notes, my little chart you gave me. And I was like, this is very fascinating. Um, but to kind of go back to what you were talking about in, in that you're like, I, I did it because that's what I wanted to do. I mean, would you say that a lot of this is aligning with your core values? Well, for me, oh gosh. Well, for me, my whole process has been continuously chewing up to be more and more aligned with me on the one hand. And then on the other hand, some of how I've done what I've done um, has always been aligned with me. So it's that uh, I've been gradually opening to more and more metaphysical and more and more woo and getting more comfortable with that in my life. And so it's, it's growing to be a much larger portion of my work. And the parts that I've done that are always so true of me, I've always been generous. I, I give, I, and mm-hmm. it's worked many, in many ways, it's worked really well for growing my business. I have a lot of free events or low cost events. I share about what I do. I do complimentary sessions. I gift things to colleagues sometimes I, in giving a lot. Sometimes, and it's important that I take care of me. I've had lessons to learn to take care of me along the way too. Like in the beginning, I didn't charge vendors for being at my fairs. I mean, I didn't even think it was like a a real thing that I was doing. It was just an idea that I followed. Mm -hmm. And it just blows my mind sometimes when I look backwards, like in what I've done. Or, you know, I've realized I have to have people pay ahead of time for things because sometimes people cancel. They don't realize the commitment that it is to me and the impact in me if they have to cancel. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that, that I've been generous and that I give and that I share and that I include other people and I do things as a community. That's always been true to me. And that's true of everything I do. And that really works well because it is so who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, for sure, because you've been, I mean, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about having you in my life and on my journey is when I have ideas, you're, you're very happy to incorporate, join, um, share information. I know, and, and it's been pretty reciprocal. I know there's been some times where you're like, ah, this, and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I actually just went through that. And this is what I learned. And this is what I tried. And I don't know if it helps, but there's some experience. And, and that's, that's part of how it's worked is because people appreciate it. And so I believe in, and I've experienced like that things flow back, like that we support each other. So when I share generously, mm-hmm. many people also share back with me and it's, it's, mm-hmm. I feel more connected. I feel more joy. We, we all reach more people by supporting each other. Right? Yeah, for sure. Do you think that because of the being off the norm beaten path of business, because we've all participated in regular business and what um, corporate America has in line, but then going off of the beaten path and doing our own thing and creating a new type of business environment Don't you think that because of the type of people we cross doing this, it does create a different experience in partnership that I know for me and other businesses I've had, I, it was, people would look at me as like competition and I'm like, I'm not competing by any means. There's billions of people on this planet. Like, 
why would we have to compete? I don't want that many customers. But, and I have run into some funny things but, where I've not even, it's not even occurred to me that it would come across that way. And, and mm-hmm. so like I moved to Seattle and I'd been running fairs in three cities already, but people didn't know that. And so, you know, I came to Seattle and there's so many more fairs happening here than there, there was, than there were in any other place I'd been. And so I, mm-hmm. I went to many of them and I, I was a vendor, you know, I attended and supported the event in that way. And, and I learned and I picked up pieces from all kinds of different places, as I was sharing earlier, like, this is part of what I do. And, you know, as well as invent and create on my own. And I didn't realize, but I guess I'd, it had political impacts, you know, because people thought I just came in and they didn't realize that I had history. And Mm -hmm. similarly for me, there was another city I was in where I moved venues and I went from doing something every month to doing something much less frequently. And then someone else moved in and started doing similar things at the same place and the same names. And, and I had weird feelings and I didn't like that. I felt that way at all. And for me, it's like the big opportunity has been to learn, like, how did I not honor myself? How did I not protect what I wanted and what I held as mine? And then also to continue to trust in the abundance and trust that, that Mm -hmm. I am who I am and the energy of who I am and what I do will come through what I do. And I'll attract the people that want to be part of what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. I think that that part is huge because being um, core to who you are, it does attract the people who are attracted to people like you. I mean, being an astrologer, there's so many other astrologers out there. And I remember the first convention I went to, it was a little surprising to me because I was like, oh my gosh, now I see. I see how different I am from these other people. And it kind of made me have that perspective and my mindset of like, people are just going to be attracted to who they want to do business with. Like for you, you are always professional. You are always organized. You're polished. You <laughs> seem to always have. Well, the I joke know. is that when I was in I the professional places, I was one of the least like that people. And so like, I always <laughs> felt awkward and weird and quirky and I didn't fit in. And, and now that I'm seen that way is so strange to me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You probably focus on it though. Like, oh, this is an area I need to focus on. But then when you also look at like, I mean, diving in, going from science into a metaphysical world and bringing those yeah. two together, that alone is. is unique. But now what I have found, and I'm sure you have experienced this as well, there's an evolution going on with these types of practices where previously it was okay to be... Um, you know, maybe flaky or a little eccentric. It was okay to, you know, have um, hiccups and, and weird, um, I shouldn't say weird, but like unusual um, lifestyles or um, unusual concepts. And so people didn't really know what to expect. So if you were running over on your appointment, it was acceptable. If you had some out of the blue advice. It was acceptable. If you looked a certain part, it was acceptable. Whereas now there's more people coming in to this environment that are like, no, I'm running this like a business and this is how I'm going about it. And I think that having that shift attracts different types of people to us as well, because you might be focusing on I know that I need to focus on being organized. I know I have to stay ahead to be able, I need to focus on these areas in order to stay ahead. 
And having that acknowledgement and being able to analyze and grow and practice like a business, I think you attract the type of people who are like, I want this to be a business mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You know, I was realizing as you're talking too, you and I have three points at least, but three that we bring together, that it's it's not that common mm-hmm. that people have all these three. You, you and I both approach things as scientists. We both approach things from business mm-hmm. and we approach things from really creative, artistic, intuitive space. And so we mm-hmm. bring all three of those yeah. together. And I think because we we know each of those realms, we hold space for people that come in from all those directions also, if they don't have all of them. So while I, while I didn't, while I wasn't the most professional in a professional setting, there's some ways I understood it, but I felt like I still didn't fit in. But so the things that are important in all that to me, I do hold that in all the events I run. And even in my sessions with people, I hold that amount of professionalism in some ways, Mm -hmm. but I have space for people that are even more that way or people that are more sciencey or people that are more intuitive and more artsy. Like I, I have, I I have a stretching space for all those things, you know, and even things I don't know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, maybe there's something for me to learn here. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, I think you're right. I would agree with that. (laughs) What is it touching in you? What is fun? Well, it, it's just, um, it is that side where you have to be able to analyze and look at it from that science perspective, but then be creative enough to adapt it to yourself and to others where you're in a situation where you're able to accept everyone. And I know um, there's some pieces for me that some people haven't understood. Like, uh, for example, when I was asking about core value, you know, mine is definitely um, integrity. That is huge to me. And that's the one thing that can just really change everything in a relationship for me. And so when I look at that, I always try to have this really high standard of integrity with everyone I encounter. But in turn... There's been situations along my journey where I've been presented with people that maybe don't have the same amount of integrity. And it's amazing to me to have that moment of mentorship where I have to sit down and say, hey, this is how it works in the business world. Just so you know, when you do things such as you just did, it creates this type of reaction. And I'm letting you know ahead of time, but now we're going to go down this journey And I hope that it doesn't happen again because I'm not hurt and upset about it. You obviously needed this situation to happen and someone to take the time to explain to you that you don't Mm. do these types of things. I love that you just shared that and that you do that with people because it gives people a chance to be a little messy and to learn. And you're willing to have people grow. Yeah. Well, life is messy. (laughs) Well, and I've sometimes people don't give others that opportunity. They think that it needs to all be neat and clean. True. Oh, for and, sure. You know, and there is holding, right? So in, yeah. in terms of integrity, right, there's a, and, and I think each person, there's a different flavor of what integrity means in some ways. And there's, True. it's a paradox of, right, holding the version of it that is so important to us and knowing that at some point we have to say no and that something doesn't work. And then though giving people an opportunity where, you know, you're clear and say, this is what's important to me. This is why. And you may not realize the impact of what's happening. And I invite you to play with me if you want to play in this way. You know, and I'm willing to learn. Is there something mm-hmm. here for you to teach me? 
of some new way I need to share this or why do I want to open to something else? But to, to stay true of ourselves right. and be open. Mm-hmm. And would you say running your business ThriveWise and going about like, cause you've got your events. I mean, you've written, you've done quite a bit. You've written a book, you've launched um, into a world sharing this new opportunity, this new way of reading. You've opened up metaphysically to yourself. You've created events. You, in addition to that, do a gazillion other things. Um, anyone who gets close to Lorelai knows that she's like a machine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you giggle. You're like, yes, yes, I am. Um, would you say, like, out of all of those experiences that you've had and what you're trying to do and move forward with, what are some pieces of advice? What are some stories maybe you have that you're like, oh, I wish that I hadn't done that. I learned this lesson, but it like kind of what you talked about in the beginning where you're like, I didn't really need to do some of those, uh, some pieces to that journey I did. However, um, I did learn something or I didn't really need to do those pieces of the journey because I was actually holding myself back. And, and that's really like a fear driven type activity. And then realizing that and cu- overcoming it. I mean, what was, what were some of the fears and, and lessons you learned coming through this journey and building what you're building today? Well, it's interesting, right? Because some of those themes are all embedded in what we have talked about already. I think for me, mm-hmm. it's really worked to um, take steps, take small steps and experiment and learn from doing things. That's just an endless like process for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, doing things with other people. So collaborating with other people, it might be other businesses or other practitioners or just all sorts of collaboration has been great for me. Either I go to groups and that's how I learn or I create groups and invite people into play. Um, Even just going to do readings at a bookshop, I learn from the bookshop and I have the bookshop support me and I'm supporting them at the same time. So all kinds of collaboration has been great. I would say I do panels now with groups of practitioners at one time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... I say, so things I wish I'd, and I mentioned earlier that I was generous, that I've, I've often been generous. Maybe a big lesson in there for me mm-hmm. is to honor myself in the process of being generous. Sometimes I lean too far to be generous to others and I need to keep coming back to me and supporting myself also. So how I can be generous and take care of myself. Uh, part of that maybe is realizing when it is time to say no and it's time for something to end. I've sometimes been too slow at facing that, um, either projects or with mm-hmm. people. So definitely some lessons there. I think in that area, that's actually something I hear a lot from other businesses is that, and and I don't know, and I'd love to hear your take on this. I don't know if it's coming from a place where of value or a place of fear or, or where that's coming from. Um, and I, it might be a situation where it's very unique for anyone in their own situation and their growth. But to kind of highlight on that, like, what would you say helped you identify that? And then also, what did you do to get over that? So you started having that balance. Where did you go? This is where I stopped being generous, or this is as much as I'm willing to share and give of my time. And how's that look for you? Well, and I say that my lesson in this goes way, way back to childhood. So it's clearly my own wounding is right part of how this ends up being a lesson. And Mm -hmm. 
part of it is learning to listen and follow my intuition and trust it. So it's part of my intuition opening in general, you know, where I can feel how I had like a little niggle or something that wasn't right. And then much later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should have listened. Um, so I trust it more and more, much sooner now, too. Um, and it influences mm-hmm. and improves how I do my work, right, in doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did I say? It's just so interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I know. How do I, how do I explain, like, how this has gotten better? How do I see? I, I tend to, I guess, I tend to focus more on how I, I still have lessons as opposed to seeing the ones that I have learned. I guess I have. Um, sometimes when someone else says a version of no, I go with it more easily now. I'm like, okay, this is not right. I don't attempt to convince anyone to do anything differently. Mm, um, you know, so mm-hmm. trust the feedback about that. Or I remember I had a, um, along the growth of my fairs, my MeWe fairs, mm-hmm. I was doing it with a colleague for a long time. She um, became part of the community early on and she said she had ideas and saw the way things could get better. And I'm like, okay, sure. And so we, in many ways, did them together for quite a while. And she now hasn't been part for maybe a year, but at one point she wanted to take some events and make them smaller. And I really didn't feel that I wanted to make them bigger. And, you know, I may have understood Mm -hmm. some of the practical business reasons for why that she didn't quite understand. And she's a different person with different values. And I hesitated and I slowed down a little bit and didn't make them as big as fast. And then she was branching off in another direction. And then the next year I made them that much bigger. And I went to a venue that I had looked at that, you know, she didn't want to go. And I felt scared really about moving away from her. But in the end, she was going mm-hmm. her other direction and I went my direction and it was good. Like really supporting each other. And and then in the end, I have another colleague that showed up that, you know, I made a colleague, I, I met someone here, connected me with someone else. And she brought in this person who now I may go back to the idea of doing something small, like what she had wanted to do. But I now have a way of doing that. I have an idea of how. Whereas I couldn't see that before. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to her and I started to tell her about that. And who knows, maybe something will open. Um, but it's, uh, in that case, I had a really strong, a strong hit, like a strong intuition or just a, I felt the desire so strongly, like, no, I don't want to go that direction where she wanted to go. And I feel good mm-hmm. in some ways that I hesitated and it didn't grow faster right then. Cause maybe I wasn't ready to hold it. But that's a question, right? Did I, did I mm-hmm. hesitate and compromise myself because I didn't want to lose her? Or really was it good and I wasn't even ready? But definitely had the no of not going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, listening to me, I'm so much more comfortable listening to myself with that than I used to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important when you're running a business to listen to yourself. We get bombarded with people and other services and all kinds of stuff all day long, every day. It doesn't matter if it's through my email, my phone, social media, <laughs> my mail. I'm, I'm being bombarded with you should do this. And I think even when it's someone close to us, we have to evaluate it and, and go. And, and you're probably similar in this way where you have to look at it from a practical standpoint of the right. black and white. Like, well, let me look at some statistical reports on that. Let me look at the revenue that generated. Let me look at some experiences and the history of it. And, and is that something I'm willing to do? And then what's that workload? But then also going, it just doesn't feel right or this feels right. This is what I've been looking for. Yep. Yep. And it, oh, 
it's just so it, for me, my success in so many ways has been that I hold the balance and I hold a paradox of when I feel something so strongly, I honor that and that I stay open enough so that when opportunities appear that I never considered that I can still see them and can step in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do you see ThriveWise going? Like, what's the plan? I mean, everyone's got a plan and I would love to know what your well yeah and so right we call me thrivewise (laughs) and then there's like there's just so much of what i what my business is so well so there's a coaching consulting side and that still exists and i'm i'm doing it in much more a woo-woo way so i'm doing it in a way that's much more in alignment with all the rest of what i do i do my intuitive eye readings work and that really is the primary work that i'm that i'm growing that's really my work and I love applying that to, mm-hmm. um, you know, like life, personal growth. Um, I say, like, well, personal growth and purpose um, and matchmaking, like hugely my areas. And so I'm focusing more and more on that. And then my fairs. So the MeWe fairs and I'm letting them get bigger. I love the idea of having them get bigger and reach more people. I've been doing them online for a year and a half and I'm doing so much more online now that I'm right. I'm in four cities right now. I've been moving towards two day fairs. So I want to move in the direction of having everything be at least two days. Uh, It's much more energizing for me. And then I get two days of experience that I have and I get to give people for a lot of the same work underneath. Mm -hmm. And I want them to grow to be more conference like Mm -hmm. that's my sense. Again, now maybe I'm going to go do some research about that. Mm -hmm. This is my thought. And I want to be at a venue where I have enough individual rooms where there can be group healings or sound healings or, you know, just some individual work that requires sound mm-hmm. privacy or I want more options for people. When I was thinking about what we would talk about today, I the idea came through of like having an art gallery of all the vendors works and things like that. So more of a mm-hmm. visual display at events. I'm like, really, do I want to take on more stuff? But like these ideas are appearing. Um, <laughs> and then I'm starting something new right yeah. now where I've had so much success creating these venues for the metaphysical community. And by the way, I had no idea that these were going to be such of service, not only to the public, but also the practitioners connecting with each other. Like, I just had no clue what this, how big this was going to be for people. Um, I'm starting a new event for coaches. Mm-hmm. So ThriveWise just continues to grow. So starting something new called popcoaches.org. And so coaches and more conventional-ish kind of practitioners will have a format to collaborate and share, just like the metaphysical community has. And I'm curious, like how... Um, the metaphysical community may be much more community focused and aware of how um, we're not seen and appreciated by everyone and connecting with each other is so important. And I don't know if the coaches community will do that in quite the same way. And I'm curious and I'm wondering, and I think it would be great for the public to have access to a range of all kinds of different coaching approaches, you know, and all kinds of different topics. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to sort out how I can do that. And I'm doing that with a colleague in Australia. So yeah, just collaborating with the people that show up and collaborating, with, you know, to create the ideas that that feel some energy to them and trusting that. So, yeah, I think those are mm-hmm. those are all the big directions that I'm going. I definitely need to write more. I'm such a fan of the matchmaking work just in an event yesterday that several colleagues were on. Um, one of them got all excited when she saw how excited I got. You know, so she see me across a range of things. But I started talking about that and like my energy's got to be like three or fourfold. <laughs> So yeah, just for me to trust me and to let my work get out of the world more, more people know what I do. Yeah, that's fantastic. What would be the one piece of advice you would give anyone that is either coming in 
to their business and industry or is wanting to grow it? Oh, gosh, so many things. Well, it, and again, I think, I think it, in some ways it's for each person to sort out their own approach. But for me, the biggest thing that I think is true of everyone, let yourself settle in to what you love and let yourself mm-hmm. peel back as many layers as you can about that to get to the essence of what it is that you love that's in there and let yourself do that and find ways of building your trust and your confidence to be the weird one and stand out with whatever flavor it is that you, that you do. Uh, someone, Sometimes people practice a modality that might be kind of common. I'm so lucky in that I happen to do a modality that's fairly unique, but I didn't even think strategically in terms of marketing mm-hmm. that I needed to come up with a name that was unique. I just knew I needed to come up with a name that meant it and got it across. And it turns mm-hmm. out it's unique too. But it's for people that do a modality that is more common with other people, what is the part that you do that's so about you? Like, what is the essence of you? What are you so passionate about that thing? And if you can find a way to let that part of you come through, in what you call it and how you Mm -hmm. talk about it and the feeling flavor that you give people about it, um, they'll feel that and people will come to you for that. So let that part of who you are Mm -hmm. show. Um, And for me too, it's not having it all figured out. Like I, I mean, I had no idea I would even go in this direction of metaphysics. I had no idea at all. Never ever in my life would I have thought this. And then Mm -hmm. this is such a huge part of my work. So it's following the path of what we love, but mm-hmm. not necessarily knowing what the path is in front of us. You are much more of a, like, plan the plan more of the path out. And at the same time, I bet there's somewhere out there on the path mm-hmm. that you don't know. So, but for, for, oh, yeah. for me having, <laughs> I know it's true for you too. There's a, but having enough openness that I, that I don't know where the path is going to go or how many paths there will be. And so being grounded on my path right now, and being willing to wander with what opens. So for me, it's, it's really honoring me and the steps I'm taking right now and be in discovery about the future. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really huge. And you did bring up so many things that it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is, it's really important. And it, it is, um, it is a unique situation we do find ourselves in. And I, I love that. I love the journey you've taken. I love uh, how you have continued to evolve, even just from the short window I've been able to be in for the last few years. Um, and I love the community and it is at the heart of you. And I'm glad you got that balance, but you can see it in how you practice and how you engage that you have this giving heart and you just want so much for people and you're always willing to share and bring each other up and there's always like and again because mine is integrity you always have this integrity of never wanting anything in return. You're like, I'm just doing this because this is the right thing to do. And this is happens to be that I'm good at it and I'm making my money doing this. And so I just love that about you. Thank you you so much. You know, you you said something about me that just had me think of one other small thing I'll say for people. It might be of use to others. I applied to be in a fair that's a fairly exclusive fair, evidently. And they actually needed a letter of recommendation for a metaphysical fair. And I'd like never heard of anything like this before, but I guess it's a job interview, right? 
And so mm-hmm. I turned to this colleague that has been part of mm-hmm. my fairs for a long time. And I asked her to write something and she is particularly beautiful and expressive. And she wrote the most amazing thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have literally nothing on the walls of my house, not a thing, except I printed out what she wrote about me and I have it up in my office and I read it. I see it every day. It's right by the doorway. And I sometimes <sighs> stop and read it and I cry. I'm Aww. trying, like thinking about it. She wrote the most beautiful things about me. And Aww. so it helps me know and trust more of that about me. And so for everyone out there, Maybe the people that know you and love you, that are honest also, ask them what they would say about you and have them write it down so you can read it again. So you trust yourself more and more and you open to more of who you are. Yeah. That is so powerful. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing that she did this for me. I had no idea what she would say. And I feel the truth in what what she shared, but they're not things that I let myself just think of and see about myself. Hmm. That's yeah. pretty empowering. That's awesome. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I'm like, how do you, how do you go Well, great. Right, we're, hello, weird business too, or whatever. <laughs> we have to end. Where, where do we need to go? <laughs> right, right. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because I, honestly, what I was reflecting on is, um, I uh, start my day every day with uh, a speaker, right? Either a podcast or a Zoom or or something, because I'm constantly feeding my vivacious appetite for information. And the funny thing is, is one of the speakers I listened to this last week said Mm. to do that. And so I was like, how interesting twice now that's come up where it's reach out to people and ask them to respond, like legitimately, like take the time right? Like, what do they see in you? What do they admire about you? What makes you good to do what you're doing? And I was like, huh. But then now hearing your experience of having that happen, like, that's pretty. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I'm turning around and I can see it on the wall right here right now. Oh, yeah. And it was a gift. Like I needed it for the work and she wanted (laughs) to be able to do it for me. And I just had no idea how much she saw me. So yeah, if, if we That's have awesome. like two or three people in our lives, I should ask someone else too. Yeah, this is a huge gift. And you know, not that it's to go anywhere, not that it has to get published, just to have them write it casually of what's really true for them though. Yeah, we all did that for each other. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's huge because a lot of times, I mean, and I know, cause I see the times your emails come and I try <laughs> to figure out like, does she sleep from 3am to 5am? I'm, I'm so, I am, like, I am grateful. I sleep, you know? too. I've inherited and, a lot of energy from my, both my parents in some interesting ways. And I really only need about five hours of sleep. I know some other people need like 10 hours of sleep. I'm really lucky about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, I, I missed those days before mm. I got sick when I was like, what? No, I haven't slept in two days. I'm fine. Get out of my way. I'm busy. Uh, and now I'm like, I yeah. need 10 hours. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, you know, if we had a, a situation like that, like, you know, because having someone write these things for us, I think it's so important because oftentimes, especially when you are in the most business people try to get up before everyone else and work because that's their quiet time or they stay up mm. and work because that's their quiet time. And it's, you know, we could go have a whole nother conversation on that. But I think one of the things that's important is we all have self-talk. We all have negative self-talk. 
And we've brought up a lot of those topics today. I mean, one that I hear all the time is, well, there's, you know, thousands of tarot card readers. Yeah, there are. Everyone has a different deck. There's not one deck of tarot cards being pulled today. There's hundreds of thousands of them because there's unique individuals and no one is the same. And so when you're beating yourself up, trying to come up with solutions, trying to understand, or when you've had a huge failure and you're like, you know, I need to get over this, but holy cow, let's own what just happened. Being able to reference a voice from someone else and know that it came from their heart and it was true and being able to get back up on your feet and help inspire you to continue to go and be a part of that journey when the fear does strike. I think that that's like so just smart. I mean, just, it's brilliant to be able to be like, here, I have this letter, like your situation from someone. And when I am in doubt or when I am frustrated, I can look at that and go, nope, this is, this is me and my journey and where I'm supposed to be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I guess a lot of people are going to be writing letters this week. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate your time. And I really look forward to watching your next steps in this journey. It's been fun watching you grow. I love watching the lives you touch. And I'm really glad that it's been been lovely to be be here. Thank you so much. Thank you.